0: You know, we've mentioned the three main uh, attributes that most people are aware of of God. His omnipotence, say He's all-powerful. His omnipresence, which means He's everywhere present. In fact, Scripture says you literally can't get away from Him. The highest heights are the deepest depths. He is there. We also know He's omniscient, meaning He is all-knowing. But What we're doing in this particular series is taking a deeper look at different aspects of His character because, you know, our understanding of God should not come from our experience. Can I have an amen? amen. Well, my experience is that God is this. That's irrelevant. That's Your experience has nothing to do with revelation of God's character. His word is where you understand His character. Your uh, understanding of world events have nothing to do with His character. Well, I, I see God doing this. Let me help you out here. God had nothing to do with the wildfires in Maui no, did not. and neither did the global warming. Human stupidity has a lot to do with what happened there. And it's funny how God gets blamed. i give you just a for instance for those of you who worship at the altar of global warming. <laughs> 1933, we had a higher heat index than even we have right now. How many of you think there were just a few automobiles in 1933? Raise your hand. If you said yes, you would be right. So how do you explain that? If human beings are responsible for these things. Well, I'm just giving you an example of things. If you're not careful, you will bow your knee to what the world says instead of focusing on what's really, really important. Because let me help you out here. This, this world is not going to suffer from global warming, amen, until the end times. And it's going to get real hot. And everything's going to burn up anyway. Aren't you glad that you're saved today? <laughs> yes, Amen. So it's not what the world says. It's not about events happening in this world. It's what God's Word says that matters. It's not about some philosophy that we have. A philosophy basically is a filter through which you view the world. If your philosophy is off, your conclusions are gonna be off. It's not your philosophy or man's philosophy, but it's the Word of God. It's not your feelings. Whoa, 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 feelings. Come on, say it's not my feelings. Well, I feel this way one day and I feel another. You know, God is not moved by your feelings. You are moved by your feelings. And if you let your feelings dictate your view of what God is and what He does and what He allows, that's where all the, the absolute raunchiest theology comes from because of people's emotions thrust upon the nature of God. You can't use religion as a basis for God's character. Depending on what religion you choose to look at, God's nature could be very, very different. You don't look at myths to define God's character, ancient or contemporary myths. And how do you know, there are contemporary myths about God as well. It's always intrigued me that when uh, people say, I don't believe there's a God, you know, or they'll say things like, you know, God is arbitrary, capricious, He's angry, He's mean. You just told me you don't believe in God. And since you don't believe in God, you don't get to talk about His character. Because you don't get to talk about the character of a God that you don't believe in. Can I have an amen tonight, church? That's where you got to be careful listening to people and these voices that are out there and tune yourself to the Word of God like you never have before. I'm telling you that nothing else is going to anchor you in these days we live in. Nothing's going to give you a foundation like the Word does. So the question is, we're going to take time to go through different attributes of God, and there are many of them we're going to look at. We've uh, looked at the fact that God is merciful. Aren't you glad for that? Raise your hand if God ever dug you out of a ditch. Couple of you. Maybe a couple of you are still in that ditch tonight. We'll pray for you. Amen. That's the thing about this church. We won't leave you in a ditch. We'll help you get out. Amen. Brush you off. Glory to God. Clean you up and help you walk with God. Yes, He's merciful. He literally stoops down to lift us up. He is predisposed to show you His mercy and His favor. When we fall into a ditch because of our choices or because of what other people have done, He doesn't leave us there. Now, why is that important? Because He wants us in turn to be merciful just like we have received that mercy. It's not just, oh, God's merciful and that wonderful thing to know. No, it's about how we should be ourselves once we understand He is this way. We talked about how He is wise. How many know He has wisdom? No Christian ever needs to walk around as a dum-dum because we have access to his wisdom. If any man, what, lack, we have the ability to go to him and ask and he will give it to us liberally without upbraiding or without criticizing or without condemning or without saying things, hey, stupid, don't you get this by now? He gives it to us, say, liberally. He will give you the wisdom that you need. Why will we do this, though? Why would you get this down? First of all, His character and nature reveals God's method of dealing with mankind. Once you understand His character, you're going to understand how and why He deals with mankind the way that He does. Number two, His character and nature reveals His will for mankind. If you don't understand His nature, you will never understand His will. Once you understand, for example, that He is good, you begin to understand what He does and what He doesn't do. The thief cometh not, but for to steal, kill, and destroy. That's the thief's nature. But I have come, that they might have what? Life, and life more abundantly. That's the nature of your God. So, life-giving things are from whom? God. And life-taking things are from where? Not your God. That was never His design. The fall was never his will. Amen. The consequences were never his will. And that's why he sent Jesus as a remedy for you and for me. How much we must be loved for God not to leave us in that pathetic state. Amen. When we, number four, see the character and nature of Jesus, we see the character and nature of God. Jesus said to him, meaning, Philip, have I been with you so long and you still don't know me yet? Philip, nor recognize clearly who I am. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? John 14, 9. When you've seen Jesus, guess what? You've seen His nature. If you know the Lord, if you're walking with Him tonight, there's not God has one character and Jesus has another. Say it with me. If I've seen Jesus, I've seen what? The Father. Say it, if I've seen Jesus. Say it boldly. If I've seen Jesus, I've seen the Father. But there are three more specific reasons I want to give you tonight to, uh, to help you understand the, the basis of the study of his, of his character. Those who know God's character, the Bible says, will do mighty exploits. Listen to this scripture in Daniel 11:32. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Do the people of God need to be strong? You'll never be walking in His strength if you don't know Him, if you don't know His character, if you don't know his ways of doing and being right. You, you Anybody here for doing exploits? A couple of you. Let me try that again. How many like to do mighty exploits? So you're telling me that the systematic study of God's nature and understanding his character is going to impact whether I'm able to do exploits. Yes, the more you know him, the more you're going to be able to function in light of that revelation and that anointing. Number two, those who know God's character... Uh, know how they should be. When you know God's character, you know the way you ought to act. If you know God's character, you know that that is what He wants for you. It's like holding up a mirror to yourself, you know. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, 1, be imitators of God as what? As dear children. If you really love Him, you want to what? You want to be just like Him. And so if I understand that God has certain attributes, that's not, well, that's God. I could never attain to that. That's God and that's just for Him. No, if you see this in God, it's the way you're supposed to be as well. Mm-hmm. If He is merciful, you're supposed to be what? Merciful. If He is wise, you're supposed to be what? Wise. wise. And tonight, if He is just, you're supposed to be just. You're to be just. Does that make sense? So I'm going to do mighty exploits when I understand his nature and character. But I'm also going to know what I'm supposed to be like as a human being in this fallen world. And maybe you haven't arrived tonight. Maybe you, sometimes you you have fallen. How you know the righteous man may fall up to what? Seven times. Seven times. But what does he do? Right. We're not talking about you I have perfected his character yet. Yeah. But you should be progressing. Mm-hmm. Turn to somebody and say, you ought to be less honoring now than you were a year ago. Yes. Less, honoring. less honoring. Yes, amen. <laughs> and the uh, the third important reason tonight that the, we study the character and nature of God is that those who know God's character know what can be done. They know what they can be and do and have. When you know His character, you know you have faith that you can have what He said you could have. Listen to this scripture from Numbers chapter twenty-three, verse nineteen. God is not a man that he should lie. In other words, man can promise you the moon. But if God promises you something in his word because of his character, you can count on him causing you to be that way or receive what he has said you could receive or do what he said you could do. When we say and we confess the, the confession over the word of God, I can what I can have what the Bible says I can have, I can be what the Bible says I can be, I can do what it says I can do. Why? Because of the nature of God. Because right. he is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Basically means reverse himself or contradict himself. Hath he what uh hath he said, and shall he not do? Or hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? And the answer to that is, if he spoke it, he's going to make it good. You can count on him. Do you see this tonight? You know, I know a lot of Christians and, and through my uh, walk with God, they've had this idea that you never know what God's going to do. He's just arbitrary and capricious. He's God. He can do what he wants to do. You know, he can do what he wants to do. But one of the things he did want to do was to leave his will for you and for me in his word. His will and his word are one. When you hear people say, well, you never know what God's going to do, what you're doing is you're listening to a person who does not know the nature of God. When you know the nature of God, you understand. Now, is that important? It's really hard to fight fights when you're not sure who the blame is. And if God did it, I mean, compose Him. You just suck it up, buttercup, and move on. But when you know that this thing is not of God, if you're battling the sickness, sickness tonight, that's not of God. Settle in your mind. God didn't do that. He came to give you life. With long life, I'll show you, and then show you the salvation. He wants to preserve your life. He wants to heal you so you can do what you're called to do, you know, on this planet. But you may be amazed how many religious people think just the opposite of God. He'll break your leg just to prove He can, He can mend it. He'll run you over just so He can prove He can pop you up, you know, and restore you again. What are they confusing? They are confusing the nature of God with the nature of the devil. And doesn't that sound like the devil? Does that work for him? Yeah. The only way you're going to know his his work and what he does is by his nature. So we want to spend some time making sure that we understand that uh, our God is wise, he's merciful, and he's just. Amen. He's a good God. It's not just a nice course. In fact, I'll tell you this, it's a revelation. When you get hit with a revelation that your God is good, you'll probably get up and run around the room, even if you're a Lutheran. (laughs) I mean, it'll just hit you like a tunnel, but God is fundamentally, 100% of the time, is good. And these same people will say things like, you know, God is good, so whatever He wants to do, it's good. No, it has to square with what He has said in His Word. If he goes against his word, it makes him a liar, and liars aren't good. So when somebody tells me that my God did something, I know that contradicts his word and his nature. I'm saying, don't you be blaming my God. Don't you talk ugly about my father that way. If somebody says something about my dad that he didn't do, you know what I'd do? I'd speak up and I'd say, no, you're lying about him. I know him. And when you know God, you know when somebody is slandering your heavenly father. He's a big God. He can take it. I mean, he gets slandered by so-called Christians every single day of the week. Don't you be a slanderer of God. Amen. Speak truth about him. Know his character. Know his ways. And when you do, you're going to be able to tap into everything he has promised you. Amen. Say, he's not against me. He's, against he's for me. The God be for you. Who can be against you? The creator of the universe is on your side. You should meditate on that a little bit more. The creator of the universe is on your side. Glory to God. Say it with me. I'm going to do mighty exploits. I'm going to be just like him in character. And I'm going to trust and receive everything he has said. Because you can count on him. Amen. Let's talk about this attribute tonight. Let's start this by talking to you about the reality that God is just. Fundamentally, it means that uh, he is right and he is always right and he only does what is right. In you know, the Bible spoke of the people of God there was a season where they all did what was right and what Their own eyes. But God is literally right. And so when it comes to justice, if you want to write this down, what is justice exactly? It's the quality of being just, righteous, morally right. It is the rightfulness or lawfulness of something. It's the moral principle determining just conduct. And that's, for us, we know where those principles come from. But justice is not doing something that's wrong or something you can get away with. It's doing what's right. It's usually associated with judgments or decisions that, you know, set things right, while righteousness describes the personal involvement in dealing with injustice. So justice is the things that we actually do that are right. Righteousness is where that stems from. Aren't you glad you've been made the righteous of God in Christ? You couldn't be righteous unless He what? He's righteous because He made you righteous. He took your sin and gave you His Righteousness, Aren't you glad that he did? Now you have the ability to actually do what's right. Before you came to Christ, you might have stumbled on right every once in a while. But when you got right with God, you became empowered to do right. So when a Christian says, the devil made me do it or I just couldn't do it, you're lying. Because you've been made righteous, now you have the power to do right or to do what is just. Now, you have to be just to do justice. It is impossible for someone who is not just to do justice. And our country is filled right now with people who are not just. They're incapable of doing justice. Our justice department has become the unjustice department. You don't believe me? Just take a look around our country right now and see how we are selectively prosecuting people across the country. Go in and cause a billion dollars in damage in the inner city up in the Northwest, and no one gets charged for it. That's not just. The Bible says condemning the innocent and acquitting, what? The guilty. The Lord despises them both. People that do wrong have to be held accountable. And people who actually, you know, do things, you know, that are right should not be prosecuted because they don't have the right political view that somebody else has right in front of your eyes, and you should be praying this way, we are turning into a banana republic. What does that mean? It means we are starting to see the persecution of people simply because they don't agree with us politically. That's how the Soviet Union functions. That's how China functions. You toe the line, or you're gone. Most people don't know this, but the current premier of China, his dad was arrested and re-educated by the communists. What's interesting is instead of him hating the Communist Party, he actually dominated the Communist Party until he became the top dog. He's at heart a capitalist, a greedy person, but don't make any mistakes about it. It's a wicked empire. So now there are almost three million people in concentration camps in China. Listen to what I'm saying. Three million people in concentration camps because they wanted to practice their religion or because they did not believe exactly the way the CCP saw things in this world. Let me say this again. Three million in concentration camps. Ring a bell? Instead of our nation condemning them, our nation does business with them. Does that sound just? I said, does that sound just? It wasn't just in World War II and it's not just... Now, but when the dollar becomes more important to you than justice, there is no way to work justice in that. Amen? But your God is. The Lord is a God of great abiding justice, Psalm 89, 34. And he said, I'll not violate my covenant or alter what my lips have uttered. Say, he is righteous. He is right. He is just. Amen. Now, just to give you a context here, most of you have heard me talk about Mr. Trump in the sense that uh, on lots of policies, he has been right. He's right on Israel. He's right on abortion. He's right on a lot of things. He was right on the economy. He was right on international affairs. He was right on China. But dispositionally, the man could use some help. He could use some intercession. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? But if I tell you I don't believe that a county election was fair, that's not a prosecutable offense. That's right. But now it is. Free speech is now prosecuted in this country. Yes. And you say, well, that's, I don't have to worry about that because that's a You'll be next if you don't speak up. Right. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you? Yes. Dislike somebody, but we don't prosecute people because we dislike them. Yeah. And the selective, you know, prosecution in this country that destroying 30,000 emails and devices containing, com- you know, and obstruction of justice, that's not prosecutable because if you have the right party affiliation, you are not prosecuted. Right. That's right. Yeah. You know what that is? If they do wrong with a donkey or an elephant or an independent, they should all be prosecuted equally. Amen. Yes. Amen. So be careful sitting back and say not my war, not my problem. Are you hearing what I'm saying tonight? Because you say, well, that's them. That's in Washington. They're all corrupt. Let them take care of themselves. It can come very local very fast if you don't have eyes to see and ears to hear. It is unjust. It is corrupt. It is wrong. Are you here tonight? But that's not the way your God is. He is what? He is just. And you and I should not get our concept of what justice is from the world, Amen. but from the word of God and from the example of your heavenly Father. Amen. Say, Pastor, who are you going to vote for in the next election? Jesus. Amen. Vote. <laughs> yes. vote for Jesus. Amen. Even so, come quickly. Yes. Amen. Yes. But watch this. I say that an election is not fair, and so I make a big stink about it, and somehow that's a crime. Meanwhile, my family becomes rich to the millions of dollars by bartering and paying, you know, buying and selling influence with China and other nations, and that's not a crime. Uh-oh. Listen to me carefully: acquitting the guilty and condemning the innocent, the Lord hates them both. Yes. Amen. This is bigger than political parties. This is wickedness run amok. Amen. But that's not the way your Lord is. God. Aren't you glad He's just? He's righteous. Psalm 9.8 says he will govern the peoples with justice. In Psalm 9:16, the Lord is known by his justice. Psalm 11, verse 7: the Lord is righteous. He loves justice. Do you think he loves what's going on around the world right now? No, because it's not just. Psalm 33-5. Lord loves righteousness and justice. Psalm 36-6. You hear, see a pattern here? You, justice is, uh, your justice is like the ocean depths. That's pretty deep, isn't it? Yeah, yes. Psalm 45-6. The scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. He rules and he reigns literally with righteousness, with justice. Psalm 89, 14, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Wouldn't it be nice if it were the foundation of all of our governmental entities? Amen. Well, that's the way it started. And now you know the Lord can still move. Yes. Amen. Amen. Say righteousness, righteousness. and justice, justice are the foundation of your throne. Proverbs 29.26 Many seek an audience with a ruler or seeks favor of a ruler but it's from the Lord that a man gets justice. Where does a man get justice from? It's a total different mindset than this world. He works justice and everything he does is just. It means he always does what is right and what is consistent with his stated word. Shout this out, Justice. Equals equals keeping keeping the word of God. God. Yes, amen. Amen. Turn over to Isaiah 42 for a moment. Say, He's just. just, just. He always does what's right, never does what's wrong. wrong. (laughs) Psalm 42. I'm glad you're listening because I'm in Isaiah 42. Y'all be lost as goose and be thumbing through Psalm. I'll be thumbing through something else. Praise the Lord. Isaiah. Find something 42. We'll move right along here. Verse one. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one whom I delight. I'll put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. What's coming to the nations? Justice. 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 Evildoers will be held accountable. Amen. And those doing right will be praised and affirmed. It's coming. Turn to somebody and tell them, it's coming. it's coming. He will not shout out or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break. In other words, he's not going to send to power because people like him or affirm him or campaign for him. He's not asking for, for a following because of his influence in the streets. It's basically, he is a positional ruler and leader. Amen. He is king. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. In his teaching, the islands will put their hope. If there's justice right now in the world, why would he need to, what, come and establish it? Because there's not justice in this world. And the only way you're going to find justice is not through human activity or politics or campaigning, amen, or protesting. The only way you're going to find justice is in Him. Are you here tonight? The servant of the Lord Jesus is anointed and appointed to bring justice to God's people because justice is a revelation of God's nature. No one's more motivated that you get justice than God. Now think about that. If you're on the wrong side of the line, then that's not a good thing for you. Amen. Because justice and judgment, amen. Part and parcel of the same thing. But let's just say you're born again for argument's sake. Anybody here born again? Yes. I said, are you born again? Amen. Well, let's talk about this. On one side of justice is the curse. Amen. Spiritual death, sickness and disease, and poverty. But you all been redeemed Praise from the Lord. curse. So you're on the other side of justice. Amen. So instead of spiritual death, you have life. Instead of sickness and disease, you can what? Have healing and restoration, mind, body, amen, soul. You can have it right now in your emotions, in your mind, in your will, in your body to sustain you and to elevate you while you're on this planet. Now, on the other side of that, where there was poverty, there is plenty, there is supply. Why bring this up? Because you have a lot of Christians that technically they've been redeemed from the curse, but they're not demanding justice on the other side. Right. Just as surely as you would be judged with that curse if you did not accept the Lord's redemption by His blood, just as surely as that is the case, you should be enjoying what His redemption bought for you and for me on the other side. That's right. Listen carefully. It is not just for people who've been delivered from death to walk around in death thoughts and death emotions and death existence all the days of their life until they eventually die literally. Yeah, that's right. You've been redeemed from the curse. It's not justice as you walk around all the time, never being restored, never being healed, never having this healing touch on your life. That's not justice. And it's not justice for God's people to walk around in poverty when you've been redeemed from poverty. We have a course of religious people saying God doesn't care about that stuff and God doesn't want you to be materialistic. All materialism is trying to meet a need, amen, with something other than God. But you need to start what? Just be glad. Well, I'm just glad I'm not going to hell. That's great. But come on the other side of justice and start demanding justice in your life. Because it's not just for you to be what? Sick and destitute and bound up and never having anything in your life. That's right. That's right. Blood has been shed. Yes. On what basis should I get justice in those areas of redemption? The basis of somebody shed his blood for you. You get up to heaven, a lot of people are gonna wonder, you know, why didn't I go ahead and press in for everything he died to give me? Why? Will we talk about this? Here's a tip: you're not gonna to have to worry about life in heaven. No. You will never ever need a hundred dollar bill in heaven. You are never gonna need physical healing. In heaven, you're never going to need a shrink in heaven or a counselor in heaven. You're going to never need somebody to talk you off the wall in heaven. It's perfect. So, where might you need these provisions of justice at? In the nasty now. (laughs) Life to the full till it overflows. He doesn't care about that stuff. He doesn't care about natural needs. Then why did he feed the multitude? And why did he pay his taxes with the corn from the fish in the mouth? And why did he provide a miraculous catch of fish? And why did he do these things if he doesn't care about that side of justice? I'll tell you why he feeds the multitude. And I'll tell you why he provides people with coinage when they need it. And I'll tell you why God heals and delivers. Because it's just. Yes. Yes, amen. You see the difference? Now you can go to the world trying to get that kind of justice, but it will never, ever work. Man can never do for you what God can do. Amen. Turn to somebody in town. Nobody ever do you like Jesus. Jesus. Ever. 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 Hebrews 4:14. 4, Therefore, since we have a great High Priest who ascended into heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. We do not have a High Priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, just as, uh, and yet he did without sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, boldly, say amen, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. What are you doing? You're going to the judge of all the earth, boldly going to him for what? Justice. Boldly going to him for remedy. It's not just for you to walk around as the living dead. It is not just for you to walk around bound up in your mind or your emotions or confused in your will, never being restored and never having anything. It's not just. Once that little light goes on, you're going to say, you know what? I am never going to live less than God said I could live anymore. It's not just. Now, if you settle for being down here in the natural realm and dealing with these justice issues, you'll never have the kind of impact and, and results as you would going to God. Now, bring to, something to justice means to cause to come before court, either for punishment or for remedy. But the question is, and I, I need to at least lay this foundation tonight, what kind of justice are we talking about? Because when I say the word justice, it doesn't necessarily mean the same thing to all people. Write this down. For example, there is criminal justice. And criminal justice is based on the fact that somebody has stepped across the line of the law and there's a remedy for accountability. The system of practices and institutions of governments directed to uphold social control, deterring crime, and sanctioning those that violate the laws of that government. You quit the innocent and commit the guilty. That's the problem here. Often man gets it wrong. Did anybody hear about it? anybody who helped burn down a government building in Nashville during the riots? Any of them going to jail? No. no. Thousands of people who engaged violence with social unrest, most of them were never charged. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. So you know, people don't have to go to jail, whatever. So now what's going on across this country is people are emboldened to break the law. That's what happens when you do not enforce, Amen, criminal justice. But as, as true to, as it is that you know folks should be held accountable and people should not be unfairly convicted, which is also part of our story and our history in this country. I mean, long before I, I was born, there's a, a powerful black boxer from New Jersey. They call him the Hurricane, and he was falsely accused of murder because of the skin color he was presumed to be guilty of that crime, which he was not. Um you say is that is that please the Lord? No. No. And you'd be amazed how many people, blacks and whites and other you know Hispanics, every kind of basic culture, who've been acquitted because now we have the technology to catch up with the crime. And it it's horribly unjust if somebody spends 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years in jail for a crime they didn't commit. That is anathema to God. Does that make sense? So if you're going to apply this, you've got to apply it both ways. It's never going to be okay to storm a Nordstrom's and take thousands of dollars of uh, material out of there because that belongs to somebody else. Thou shalt not steal. And when a district attorney looks the other way and says, we're not prosecuting that stuff. You are an unjust DA and you need to go. Amen. It's as simple as that. You are stomping all over the principles of what God's word says. And that's what's happening right now in this country. And... Um, you know, Right now, they're saying that San Francisco is about to become the next Detroit. Banks are leaving. Amen. Huge hotels are leaving. Institutions are leaving. Some tech firms are now leaving. It's a dangerous place because the law is not being upheld. Criminal justice is part of it, but it's not the highest form of justice. Another is civil justice. When... You know, one entity has a problem with another. They sue one another. There's a plaintiff. uh, There's a defendant. And the problem is, too often, it's just a litigious kind of society and, and people are just suing because they're greedy, not because they're right. You can sue anybody you want. And before you think that the multiplication of indictments against the former president happened to be true, if you think that way, understand this. It's a famous saying among prosecutors, they can indict a ham sandwich. And the reason is there is no defense in that particular setting. Just reasons they believe somebody should be charged. You need to be aware right now that a lots of these things are as corrupt as they can be and you will pray that God will just rip the curtain back on this thing and reveal it because that's what He does. Amen. Bring justice to the situation. If somebody did wrong, may they be held accountable. But anytime you indict somebody or you charge somebody for something that basically is the execution of free speech, you dumb down the justice system just like that. Amen. So there's civil justice. <laughs> um, my son lives in, uh, in the county and uh, they built other houses in that particular area and uh, this one man bought a house and then the, the son of the guy that actually owns the, uh, the development land they built his house but put the septic system on this other man's land And uh, so the man who has the septic on, on his side of his, of the side of the property would like maybe, uh, uh, you know, some land be deeded out there towards him. That was his solution. The other man's solution was, well, give us land where the septic tank is and we'll pave your driveway kind of a thing. And they're at an absolute impasse. And so the man who actually originally owned all the property said, well, you can't use the drive-in to your house off the road. And so the guy said, that's okay, that's what I do for a living. So he built another entryway onto his part of the property. And so the other guy's solution was, well, I don't want to have to look at your house or you at all. So he's building a fence between the eyeshot of the son's house and his other man. And I'm thinking to myself, don't you realize what you're doing to your own property values? And who's going to walk up there and say, I want to buy the next house with the Hatfields and McCoys going on right here? In Western Kentucky, the Bible says it's better be wronged than to violate that rule of peace and love. And I, I've, you know, I've been tempted just to knock on both their doors and just take them like this and go like that. <laughs> I mean, just craziness, really, over a septic line. Come on now, where the poop goes? I mean, that is. What they're fighting over? We're gonna destroy all of our values over a septic system. Here's your warning, Kelly. I asked Kelly to go to Walmart uh, for me yesterday because I don't like to go to Walmart, <laughs> and she she knows that uh, she felt like a a drop of rain fell on top of her, and she didn't think anything else of it. And she's in Walmart, she's talking to people, she's talking to a young student who just came to town and talking to her about 212 and talking to her about the church and come to find out she had a big bird poo poo <laughs> right here on top of her head. And, uh, and nobody told her. How <laughs> I many know if there's something like that on top of your head, it's nice, it's the loving thing is to tell somebody. Amen? One time, uh, you know, Jesse DePantis' wife was teasing him because he'd done something that made her mad. And so while he was on the air teaching and preaching, she, she kept going like this, like this. He's like, what? What's wrong? What's wrong? She was trying to tell him, you have a booger in your nose on live television. <laughs> it's nice if you tell somebody if they have bird poop on their head. So she has no, <laughs> no idea how many people she talked to. (laughs) And uh, yeah, make sure you come to the harbor. (laughs) We got birds. (laughs) We got birds. Amen. (laughs) So if, if that's not bad enough, she was walking in the house tonight before church. And doggone it if another one got her. And I had to pull it out of her hair. The things we do for love. But I was just imagining, though, that uh, the bird from Walmart was in communication with the bird over our house. And said, she's driving up. She's driving up. Make sure you get her. I got her yesterday. <laughs> you get her tonight. All right. All right? Incoming. And the bird just kind of tip their wings at each other, and give themselves a high five. <laughs> look at somebody and tell them, <laughs> there's a hat. I'm going to start an umbrella fund for her. You know, fall. Amen. Two days in a row. I'm going to have to pray in the Holy Ghost over that one. I really don't know what to think about that. She's giving me that look, isn't she? So, no more. Amen. Praise the Lord. No more. <laughs> uh, from time to time, we have them in here. Uh-huh. I did notice that none of y'all are sitting next to her tonight. <laughs> <Don't> stop. Stop. <laughs> yeah, everybody's like. <laughs> we were in Hopkinsville but you illustrate illustrated sermon one night called the, you know, uh, the trial, and it's the pivotal point in the trial that you know the judge comes up on a box, you know, smoke and lights everywhere to pronounce. Not guilty because of the blood of the you know, blood of Jesus. Earlier in the uh, in the drama, a man comes in representing the Holy Ghost. When he came in, he released this beautiful beautiful white dove. And once it was released, you know, people couldn't see it anymore because of the dark. Well, this dove it sat up on one of the rims of the lights, oh, no. and all the way through the sermon, he did his business. Aww. So when lights came up, there's about a ten foot swatch where nobody was sitting, <laughs> three or four rows just like that. Look at somebody and tell them, Behold the dove. Amen. It's important for us to have people looking out for us, isn't it? We think it's love not to point things out. When uh, there's some kind of character issue or there's something that we're not doing consistent with the Word of God, I don't want to be somebody's judge. Don't look at it that way. Be their help. Amen. Would it be embarrassing for somebody at Walmart to say, hey, you know, you have poop on your head? But it was still embarrassing when she looked in the mirror. Amen? Yes, amen. Back to civil justice. Pretty sure you can't sue the birds. So, No. You know, fighting civilly instead of just coming to some kind of, uh, you know, reasonable terms, uh, and there's sometimes people put you in that kind of position, absolutely, they don't bend, but uh, you know, that's the mindset of the world, criminal justice, civil justice, and the big concept today is social justice. And all this is, is an attempt to create economic equity and right past wrongs by progressive taxation and income and property redistribution. The problem here, is you can never get justice by committing another wrong to solve an original wrong. You can't do that. And you have all kinds of voices from the reparations movement out there in California and San Francisco that every affected African-American in the city should receive one or two million dollars. And the question is, who's going to actually pay for that? It's not there. Here's the bottom line. If you and I would learn to stop looking to people for our what? For our restitution... God could do exceedingly abundantly all that we could ask, yes, think, or imagine, right. according right. to His mighty power that works on the inside of us. And you have to understand this: that uh, this is this is the big deal. Diversity, yeah. say it, diversity, yeah. diversity, diversity, equity, yeah. inclusion. inclusion. Every time man gets a hold of something, they end up destroying it. It never works right. Amen. We're looking to man to fix something. Let me remind you that man was the problem in the first place. Yeah. That's right. mm-hmm. There's nothing, nothing more heinous and more of an abomination than one person enslaving another person. Yeah. Yeah, at any culture. And mm-hmm. the, the high of the Roman Empire, for example, there were more people enslaved walking the streets than the citizens. And there was a time where they would dress differently from those that were enslaved, but it dawned on them, all they gotta do is open up their eyes to see what's going on. This is as old as the hills. Every culture, every single continent, this has happened. It's not just something that showed up in America. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you in the 1600s and 1700s? The problem is people are being pushed towards a human you know, you know, solution to something that only God can actually fix. Now, people of all backgrounds, not just people in the African American community or people born in abject poverty that are white, but Native Americans have found out that if we'll sell out to God and apply His principles, He'll give us the restitution that we're looking for. Man's solution for the Indian problem, put them on an Indian reservation and then build a casino. You may have an idea what the average lifespan of an Indian on a reservation is. The males will live to be about 30 through to 35 years old. They'll drink themselves to death. They're diabetics. It's unbelievable what happened. Those that weren't slaughtered by the white man were put on reservations and given a casino to pacify them. But there are leaders in the Navajo Nation, for example, who have found out the word works. And they've bypassed civil justice and criminal justice and social justice and went to the king of the universe and said, we demand justice, amen. And we know what you think about these things. And that's what I'm trying to tell you today. There is a higher justice that is something that uh, you know surpasses all of them and it's in a different realm. Yes. yes. It's not about politics. No. And it's not about, you know, petitioning and it's it's not about, you know, going around with placards. It's not about going out and having a riot. It's about going to God in faith. Yes. He is what? He is just. Spiritual justice is the satisfaction of the penalty due to sin through the blood of Jesus and the recompense or restoration of covenant benefits and privileges to those that embrace Him. The problem is you have a lot of people that are still in bondage because they don't understand how serious God is about justice. Amen. He wants His people to tap into everything He died to give them. How I do mean, you think that the unborn should have justice and be protected? Amen. We actually have ministers standing in the pulpit saying, women that said, you know, I had two abortions and I felt the presence of God as I was terminating that pregnancy. Oh you felt the presence of God. No, you just actively said that you're a so-called Christian leader actively worshiping Molech and sacrificing your child. i tell you what you are. You're more like a reprobate than you are a Christian leader. Have you had no conviction in doing that? Your elevator doesn't go all the way to the top. There's a disconnect there. Amen? The principle of spiritual justice is something that just supersedes and transcends all other kinds of justice. And that's what's happening right now in our day. There are white folks learning to go straight to the Lord for spiritual justice. Amen. And I said, there are white folks that are doing this. There are Native Americans that are doing this. Yes. There are Hispanics that have learned to do this. Yes. There are African-Americans that have learned to go straight to God for social justice. You know what they're getting? Not social, but spiritual justice. You know what they're getting? God is meeting them. Yes. Yes. Amen. I said God is meeting them. Yes. You have to understand that you might get a little bit of remedy from here, here, and here, but how about going into the unseen realm yes. where every resource is that that you could possibly need As a child of God. Say it will be spiritual justice. Based on what? Based on the blood of Jesus Christ. Raise your hand if you believe he actually shed his blood for you. If that is true, then you have the basis for petitioning him and going after spiritual justice and expecting him to do something about this. If somebody was wrong in their family line, in their bloodline, going back however far you want to go back, God is the remedy. And uh, you don't have to go back very far in a lot of our families to find injustices committed against them. Yes. Amen. Sin is completely colorblind. It doesn't care. No. It will oppress anybody under any circumstance. And the remedy is not civil justice, not criminal justice. That's tainted. Not social justice. Amen. Yeah. But spiritual yeah. justice. I think Ronnie and I one time talked about this uh, business owner in Minneapolis. He had built that business for 45 years, I think. And when the you know, the uh, George Floyd uh, thing happened and uh, he was killed, uh, you know, it just it just blew up. And what happened was men like this who built this business watched his business go up in flames. And he's standing out there on the camera. Do you remember this? He is asking them. Why are you doing this to me? Yes. Yeah. What's just about burning down a black man's business because of the way another black man was treated? Yeah. Are you here? Yeah. There's nothing just no, no. about that. No, absolutely not. You talk about a cause for recompense. Now, I am telling you that the devil has oppressed you, has enslaved you, has abused you, amen, has run over you, and God is saying enough is enough rise up and say, I have spiritual justice in Jesus and I'm not putting up with this in Jesus' name ever again. That's why give me one person with a revelation of the word of God. I don't care what their family's been through or how much sin they've been in or how many years of alcoholics they have or whatever it is, one person putting their foot down can break that line in that family and then go from cursed to blessed, not appealing to man's institutions, not criminal, not civil, not social, but appealing to spiritual justice they can turn that whole family around. That's right. Amen. And unfortunately, just as strongly as I just mentioned that to you, we have people all over America preaching just the opposite. Man is your remedy. Look to man. You know what? Man will fail you every single time. But God will never fail you. This is a little ahead of myself, but you know when the woman sought justice from an unjust judge, what does the Bible say? By your constant coming to me, you're gonna wear me out. And he gave her what? Justice. justice. But now I know your God is not like that. Let me put you this way: the whole justice idea was his in the first place. It's part of his character. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you tonight? It's his character to be just and to do justice. When you're asking God to give you justice, you're just asking God to be God. Amen. So be done with it. Come on, say it. I am not a zombie. You are not in the night of the living dead. It's time to come alive. Be what God's called you to be. Do what he's called you to do. Have what God said you can have. It's time to put down, amen, all the remnants of the curse and walk free of that. It's not just a Christian issue or some Bible lesson. It is a matter of justice tonight. Yes. If a natural judge came down and slammed the gavel down and said, I, I uh, you basically side with you and I affirm you need to be healed. You should be healed. That's what your God is saying. Amen. Continue to struggle in every area of your life with some bondage or some area of lack. You know, the God of the universe is saying enough is enough. Yes. Amen. And anybody who would oppose you walking in all the benefits of God, that's not just. No, no it's not. They are crying injustice in your face. You need to be like Bartimaeus. Okay. Just one illustration. There's a woman bowed over for how long? 18 years, could not straighten up at all. Remember that story? Yes. And what did Jesus do? He healed, her. he healed her. And what day did He heal her? Sabbath. On the Sabbath. And that made the Jews the purveyors of injustice yes. at that time, mad. There are six days to be healed. Come and be healed on one of those days. Name me one time you old guys got somebody healed on those six days. One time. Come and be healed on those days. That's the injustice of religion. And Jesus said, there's not a one of you that doesn't untie his donkey and lead it to water on the Sabbath. How much more this woman, watch this, a daughter of Abraham, be healed of what afflicts her on that same day. Donkey can drink, but she can't. Why? It's a matter of spiritual justice. I came to make things right. Can I tell you something? You're a daughter tonight or a son of Abraham as well. Amen, that's right. He's the father of faith, hallelujah. And you're engrafted in. Some of y'all need to get a stubborn streak. Well, let me put it down. You need to redirect that stubborn streak And say, I'm not going to do this anymore. No. Well, how long do I have to stand? You stand like it's going to take forever and it won't. But you look at your redemption and see it through the eyes of, of justice. Your God is a God of justice. Say, it is just, it is just that, I am that I am forgiven. It is just, it is just that, I that I am healed. It is just, it is just, that, just that I am delivered. I am it, is it is just that I, that I prosper. That I... It is just that I have wisdom. It is just that I have favor. It is just that I have the blessing. It is just that I'm the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. It's a matter of justice. Now there are two people fighting over a little parcel of land with a septic tank on it. It's just that I should have land or compensation for that the things that you should be pursuing are far more substantive than that. And they're willing to go to the mat over this thing. They put that fence up and it is the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Fighting over what? Man's justice. Most Christians have made a God of their own experience and whatever is is the way it should be. Look, Doris Day should not be your theologian. Hey Sarah, Sarah theology is not good. If you're in something and you know it violates God's Word, it's a matter of spiritual justice. Put your foot down. And come back next week. By faith, you're coming back next week. I'm going to tell you how to make that kind of a request of a holy, righteous, and good judge. Amen? Give Him a hand clap tonight and thank Him tonight for it.